It's time for the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email backtothebookbroadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Walland, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org. And now the broadcast. Please take your Bibles with me, if you will, turn back to Romans chapter 5, Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12. I know we've covered a lot of this ground, but I'm trying to conclude um, on some questions that I had had as I was teaching through this, and if I had them, it probably is pretty reasonable to think that maybe some of you listening either already knew the answer or you were asking the same question yourself. And really what we've been dealing with, and just for quick review's sake, Romans chapter 1 through most of chapter 3 is dealing, concluding that all are under sin. All, every Jew, every Gentile, every man really is under sin and are, are going to be judged accordingly. Then Romans chapter 4 and 5 are dealing largely with justification by faith, but they, they it brings up Another piece, as we're dealing with this thing of justification, which is, of course, the process where, or I'm sorry, the act whereby God declares us righteous, where God makes it just as if we've never sinned before the Father, and then through His grace, we're also declared righteous, and then we're made righteous in the process, what the Bible would speak of, of sanctification. We've not dealt much with sanctification yet. Chapter 6 is where that really begins to dig in and it begins to deal on it. And then you're kind of, in, in verses 12 through the rest of chapter 5, um, you're kind of merging, you're connecting two thoughts of justification and then sanctification. And God fully intends for us to live just as we are positionally before Him. And, and there's... People use different words for it, and I always tend to get them backwards. And if you understand them in a slightly different way, please forgive me. I get them backwards all the time. But our position is, if, if, if I am not getting them backwards this time, our position is how we stand before God. We've been declared righteous. We have, And so God, positionally before God, He sees nothing but the righteousness of Christ. Practically, before God, our practice can be a little bit different. So legally, because of justification, I've been declared righteous before God. Practically before God, I might be living in sin. And that causes issues with fellowship. We've dealt with that in months, months past, in First in John, dealing with our fellowship and the issues of sin there. Um, but the real question that I want to try to answer this week is still dealing with the law. And so we need to maybe review just to refresh our minds on a few pieces of this. The law had a very specific purpose. The law was fulfilled in Christ. But the law was also finished by the cross. And if the law was finished, then it's done. So, okay, well, here's another question. And this is very important to us today because there's many people that fall into ditches really on both sides of this issue. There, there are those that say, we're not under the law, we get to live any way we please, you know, let's just sin more that grace may abound. That's wrong. 
And Romans 6 deals very harshly with that. But then you have the other side. In the New Testament, those called Judaizers, or really we could even call them legalizers, and it's dealing with the issue of legalism, which is keeping the law or working for salvation. Either working to to be saved or working to keep your salvation. It's the same thing. So there's a ditch on both sides of the road. Then you have a moral question. And this was a big question I had. So we know the law, the Old Testament law. We know that, uh, we've already said this, the law of Moses and the law of God, they're the same thing. And that's proven in Luke chapter 2, I believe, where Mary goes to have Jesus circumcised on the eighth day. One verse says, according to the law of Moses. The The very next verse says, according to the law of God. Sin has always been sin in God's sight, always will be sin in God's sight. Okay, now here's the question. If sin is always sin, then why why are we not under certain things of the law? You know, if it was a sin for them to eat, you know, pork, why is it not a sin for us today? If if he expected them to keep the the Sabbath years and all those days and things they were to religiously observe, and when they didn't, the whole nation of Israel was punished for it. Well, isn't that still a sin today or not? That was the question. I knew the answer, what I've been taught. We're not under a lot of those things anymore. But my question is, well, why? Can can we show that to you from the Bible? or Or is that something I've just, you know, missed? It's not. It is easily shown from the Word of God. But my intention is to show you that for the rest of this week, if the Lord will help us. Because there's a lot of false doctrine that goes on on the, uh, surrounding this issue, on everything I've just mentioned. I have ran across it very recently. There are co-workers of mine. One used to be a Baptist. He got to studying the Bible for himself, but he's come to some erroneous conclusions. He still believes in Jesus Christ by faith, but um, he lives as if he is under the law on certain things. And it's funny because people pick and choose what parts of the law they want to live under, and they totally misunderstand the real purpose of the law and what Christ did on the cross. And then they also, in turn, misunderstand the purpose of grace and the power of grace and what it really does in our lives. And so I want to really try to dig in and review this because, especially in today, we don't need any more false doctrine being preached. We don't need any other people falling prey to these false doctrines. The Bible would call them damnable heresies. They are dangerous things, and I intend to show you that as well. These, they're so dangerous that you're dealing with salvation issues many times. So anybody that begins to teach works for salvation or legalism, guess what? They are teaching another gospel, which is, Paul calls it that, I believe in Galatians. And he says, if, if I or anybody else come to you and te- preach any other gospel than what I've already given you, let him be accursed. And if I remember correctly, that literally means let him pretty much die and go straight to hell. And Paul meant that. 
He wasn't using that as a curse word as people do now. He he literally meant that. And it, it is better for that because they are damning people to hell themselves by giving them false hope in something that is not the gospel, in something that is not what the Bible teaches at all. But people fall for it every day. So that is what we need to deal with and answer those questions really before we can move on any farther because this question of law versus grace has been brought up. And that's why Paul's dealing so much with this issue already. He's been comparing it from, he's been dealing with the things of the law from chapter 1 through chapter 3, showing us the purpose of the law. Then chapter 4 and chapter 5, he's beginning to contrast the law, showing us salvation's always been by grace through faith, not, or not through the law. The law was just there for one purpose only. Okay, so what was that purpose? Let's just dig in right away. That purpose, we've already stated this, so we just need to refresh it in your minds. In Romans in chapter number 2, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 3, Romans chapter 3 says this. Now, in verse number 19, Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. For by the law is knowledge is the, the knowledge of sin. The only purpose of the law has never been to bring righteousness or holiness in any way, shape, or form. It couldn't. And Paul, I believe, says in Galatians, if, if the law could have brought life and righteousness, then Christ wouldn't have had to come and die on the cross, and God would have allowed salvation to be by that law. If even one man could have justified himself by the law, then it would have been by the law. But it, it, it's impossible. The law's only purpose, or there's two, it's a twofold purpose, was to, first of all, prove every man guilty before God. Because mankind could not see his sin. He could not see his awful state before God. Before the law was given, before the law of Moses, sin was still a problem. Sin has always been sin. Sin was a moral issue. But mankind got saved by grace back then and lived under grace. Then Israel comes on the scene and they thought they were something special. They couldn't see how wicked they were, so God gave them the law, giving some clear boundaries to what sin was and what sin wasn't on the outside. And as they tried to live up to it, thinking they could, they found out we're not any better than anybody else. And that was the whole point of Romans 1-3. through 3. In verse number 9, it says, What then? Are we better than they? No, and no wise, for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin. So the law was simply a great equalizer, showing every man his sin, showing every man you are condemned before God. The ministry of the law was simply a ministry of condemnation. It could not restore you to God. That ministry of reconciliation was Christ's through grace. So the law's purpose was what? First of all, to prove every man guilty. But then when we go to Galatians in chapter number 3, we find out the law had one more purpose. So the law was added, first of all, to, or the law was there to show us our guiltiness before God. It was added because of transgressions. Verse 19 tells us, 
in Galatians chapter 3. Wherefore then serveth the law, it was added because of transgressions, till the seed, that is, Christ, should come, to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. Skip down a little bit farther. Um, actually, no, we, we need to read all of this because it's referencing everything I've just said. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Here, here's what I'm after, though. Verse 21. Is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. But Scripture hath concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. But before faith came, we were kept under the law, shut up unto the faith, which should afterwards be revealed. Now notice this. Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ, that we might be justified by faith. The law's only other intention. It was, its purpose, if we were to sum it up in one sentence, was to show us that we are guilty and condemned there's no hope in keeping the law. We need grace. Its purpose was to bring us unto Christ. That's the purpose of the law. That's, and we need to be able to keep that in the background of our mind because that's going to shape everything else the Scripture says about it. And when the Scripture begins to deal with Christ's fulfillment of the law and then the cross's finishing of the law, we're, we we need to understand the purpose or the ministry of the law in order to understand what's going on. Is God doing away with all these commands that were sin? With all these moral issues? No, He's not. But the ministry of the law is now through. We have the cross of Christ to show us that we are sinners. Now, for a wicked man who doesn't believe he's a sinner, let him have the law. God will open his eyes real quick. But we have the cross that shows us how awful we are. And then God brings us under grace that allows us to live a life of liberty by love. That we'll deal with more as we go on this week. Thank you so much for listening. You've been listening to the Back to the Book broadcast with Brother Jimmy Ruckman. You can send all correspondence to Brother Jimmy Ruckman, 1621 Six Mile Cemetery Road, Maryville, Tennessee, 37803, or email broadcast at gmail.com. The Back to the Book broadcast is a ministry of the Ridgeview Baptist Church in Wallen, Tennessee. You can visit the church website at rbcwalland.org.